It had a hoop. It had a loop. <laughs> it had a loop. It had a hoop. It had a boop. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> From Boogieland Media, this is On Carlson Drive, a dusty little dirt road of memories from the wit and whimsy of Wendy Bonifield. Today's episode, School Days. School for me was mostly survival. I did not care about grades, and it showed not the kind of thing one talks about often, especially in today's culture of high achievers, of advanced placement classes, and the push to go to fancy-pants schools, scholarship for high ACT or SAT scores, academic award banquets and clubs. My academic career tells a little bit of a different story. Let's start from the very beginning. Mrs. Helfenbein was my kindergarten teacher. She was kind, and I liked her. The kindergartners had their very own playground. We got snacks and rest time. Kindergarten was only a half day. I went to school in the afternoon. My routine was Mr. Rogers, and if I was lucky, some new zoo review. Lunch, then off to school. As we progressed in learning our letters and reading words, we had these little yellow books. And once we mastered the book, we got to take the book home. It was our book to keep. I was so proud to see my pile of yellow books grow. First grade brought big changes. We moved from our small town in Michigan to the big city of Chicago and squished the five of us into a two-bedroom apartment. It was fun living in an apartment building. We had the run of the building with lots of other kids. We had a balcony looking over the street below. Our building was not far from Wrigley Field where the Chicago Cubs played baseball. I liked to stand out on the balcony and listen to the sounds of the baseball game. My sister, who was in fourth grade, Dawn, a friend from down the hall who was in kindergarten, and myself all walked to school together about a block away. This was a much bigger and much rougher school than my old school. My mother tells me that I had six different teachers that year. I don't remember one of them. What I do remember is my sister Lisa being bullied by two girls. That was scary. Still sucking my thumb in class and hiding it by putting my head down on my desk. I remember drawing a picture of a condor. I was proud of that. And that I was going to sing a duet. How much is that doggy in the window with Angel in the school program? But he didn't show up for the performance, and I had to sing it by myself. That was a difficult year, and much of what I learned in kindergarten was lost. Second grade was another big change. We moved back to Michigan, Plymouth, Michigan this time. We moved into a big two-story house with a tree swing and a garden shed in the backyard. There were two girls my age who lived on our street, Debbie and Sharon. 
Sharon's mom loved cats, and their house was full of cat things. I enjoyed watching the cat clock that hung on the wall, whose eyes moved back and forth with the second hand. Debbie and I loved to play Barbies. She had a giant Barbie house. We also both liked the TV show The Monkees. It was fun to argue about who was cuter, Davy Jones or Mickey Dolenz. Davy Jones, obviously. Second and third grade were spent in Plymouth. My second grade teacher's name is lost. My third grade teacher was Mr. Inman. He was tall and loud. I liked him, friendly and kind. For some reason, he would call me Miss Hepatitis and laugh like he made this hilarious joke. Thinking about it now, it must have had something to do with my last name, but it didn't make any sense to me then, but I would laugh like I thought it was hilarious too. It didn't bother me. I liked Mr. Inman. He was nice, and I had no idea about hepatitis. Here in second and third grade, it was solidified in my brain that I was not smart. Because of the difficult year of school in Chicago, I was very behind. During reading, I had to go to a special reading room. That reading room was a trailer on the other side of the playground. I didn't hate going to the dumb box, as we called it. We played games. The teacher was kind and helpful. We each had a race car. We rode along the racetrack as we learned new words. So it was fun once I got there, but I knew I was there because I wasn't very smart. Early signs of my lifelong enemy math showed its head, too. We had to pass a fraction test in order to move on to the fourth grade. What were these strange numbers stacked on top of each other, and why would one even think about adding them? Unlike the reading room, I did not like going to the special math class. The classroom was next to the office. I had to walk through the secretary's office to get to the room. I felt like I was in trouble every time I went. Unlike the reading teacher, this teacher was not kind nor helpful. Thrusting more fraction worksheets in front of me and threatening to fail me was not helpful. Thank you very much. Somehow, with the help of my mother, I was able to pass just enough to move on. Third grade is also the year I accidentally burnt my little brother across the face with a sparkler. He still has the scar and likes to point it out now and then. But let's remember, this is the same boy who bit the neighbor girl on the stomach. He cried for about five minutes. I cried for about three hours I felt so bad. I remember wrapping up in a blanket and hiding under a desk. The toy I wanted most that year was a lemon twist. It had a loop, and you put it around your ankle, and then a weighted lemon on the other end, and you spun it around and jumped over it. I tried to make one myself out of twine and weights. Let's just say that that didn't work too well. We also had a cat named Mittens. Not the original Mittens. This was our second Mittens the cat. Remember, all black cats with white paws must be named Mittens. For fourth and fifth grade, we were back in Chicago. 
This time, I went to a private school, Midwest Christian Academy. I had to wear a dress to school every day. A bunch of us from the same apartment complex all traveled together in a van. All the fourth grade students learned to play recorders in music class. Thirty kids sitting in pews playing Jesus Loves Me on the recorder. It was magical. I actually still have that recorder. Every Monday, my sister and I missed out on recess to take piano lessons in the big church across from the school. Well, they didn't take. Not too much academic distress at this school, although I remember overhearing my dad discussing with my teacher my history grade. He felt, and I agree with him, that I should not have failed the recent test just because my spelling was so poor. I had got all the information correct. Here, I was surprised to hear my dad excusing my poor spelling. He often admonished me on my poor penmanship and spelling. He was an excellent speller. Of course, when I asked him how to spell something, he would tell me to look it up, which never made sense to me. If I can't spell it, how am I supposed to look it up? Even now, with the beauty of spell check on the computer, I brutalize a word so badly the computer will give up trying to figure out what the word is I'm trying to write. Thank God Alexa came along. Alexa, how do you spell exacerbate? Exacerbate is spelled E-X-A-C-E-R-B-A-T-E. The excitement in fourth grade was the total eclipse of the sun. We studied the phases of the moon and made special viewing devices to watch the eclipse so we wouldn't go blind. We were told many times if we looked directly at the eclipse, we would go blind. I was so terrified of instantly losing my sight. When the time came, I closed my eyes tight and put my head on my desk. I missed the whole thing. I was not going to go blind. We moved to Gary, Indiana, my sixth grade year. What I knew of Gary before we moved there was that I had to hold my breath as we drove through the city. It smelled so bad. We moved into a gigantic house in a very rough neighborhood. We learned the hard way not to go to the park by ourselves. School was almost unbearable. With my sister now in high school, I was on my own. And at this middle school, that was an understatement. I was one of only a very few white children attending the school. Now maybe if I was not as quiet and shy, I would have been all right, but I was an easy target. Let's just say I quickly learned the best places to hide. Don't worry too much. I was never physically harmed, unless getting spit on counts. There were these doors that opened into the gym that were always propped open. I could stand behind, well hidden, with a good view of the hallway, giving me an opportunity to stay hidden long enough for the hallways to clear with time for me to get to class. It was usually chaos in the classroom, so it was easy to come in late, unnoticed. 
We did not live here long and moved from this area halfway through my sixth grade year. I experienced a lot of ugly in such a short time. I'm sorry to say there are some wounds from this time that still need to be healed. My new sixth grade school was back to an elementary school, one teacher, one classroom. I found a good group of friends, joined the basketball team, and started in the beginner band. I was not good at basketball, but I liked to play. Band would be the place for me. I played the cornet, which is a short trumpet. Here is also when I decided that boys were cute. Seventh and eighth grade were still in Gary, but at the middle school now. I didn't make the basketball team. I found my place in band. Mr. Kiriakis was the band teacher. He put us in chairs, first chair for the best player, second chair, third chair, and so on. Then he had us play each Friday for chair placement. The trumpet section became pretty competitive. It stressed me out a little bit, but it made me practice. I wanted to be first chair. I still thought boys were cute, although not the boys who chewed tobacco and sat on the wall next to the school spitting tobacco into a cup or onto anyone who was unfortunate enough to walk by. And mostly, I did not think Arturo was cute. This boy was my personal tormentor. Every chance he got, he would grab my butt. I couldn't make him stop. Yelling at him or hitting him only made him laugh. If I ignored him, he would just hang on and make it a two-hander. I don't know what his last name was, but it was close to mine because he sat in front of me in most of my classes. Which was helpful, really, because that way I could keep an eye on him. He smelled like the inside of a shoe. Middle school was a confusing time. This one boy, Mike, would sometimes put his hand on my knee and say, Chicken? Now, Mike was cute and pretty nice and not one of the boys who spit tobacco juice on people, so I didn't mind when he put his hand on my knee, but I didn't understand what I was supposed to be chicken of, so I would usually say yes and knock his hand off my knee. He would just laugh. Corporal punishment was a thing in those days, and for some weird reason, the teachers were pretty proud of their paddles. They would decorate them. One teacher drilled holes in his so he could swing it faster. No one was more proud of his paddling skills than our math teacher. He carried his paddle around in his back pocket and used it liberally. I told you math was evil. Luckily for me, I was never paddled except in band class once. It was my birthday, and Mr. Kiriakis thought it was great fun to paddle kids on their birthday. He made a big show of winding up for a big swing and then giving a light swat. It was no big deal, but I was mortified. I couldn't believe he would paddle me. I associated getting paddled with misbehaving, not celebrating a birthday. We moved to St. Louis. This was a hard move for my sister Lisa. It was her senior year in high school. 
although I was glad we would be going to the same school again. It didn't really matter. It was such a big high school. I had trouble making friends, even in band. There seemed to be groups already formed, and I wasn't welcome. Here again is where the evil math monster rears his ugly head. All freshmen take Algebra 1. This freshman was way over her head. A big fail. Let's try a different algebra class that moves a little slower. Also fail. Pre-algebra? Nope. Three math classes later, completely demoralized. How about jock math? I'm sure that is not the official name of it, but that's what we called it. General math for dummies? It was taught by the driver's ed instructor, and I'm ashamed to admit that I completely cheated my way through this class. We all did. The teacher would assign homework, and then the next day in class he would say, give your homework papers to your neighbor. Then he would read the answers, our neighbor would check our answers, and then he would send the grade book down the aisle, and we would mark in the grade book the completed homework. So basically, I would hand my neighbor a blank piece of paper, he would mark that I had done my homework, and I would mark that he had done his homework. Tests were similar. The teacher would write the problems on the board. We would take, or not take, the test, trade papers with our neighbors. He would read the answers. We would then fill in the answers on our tests as he read them. These we actually had to turn in. It was so easy to cheat in this class, I didn't even feel guilty about it. Mostly. To ease my conscience a little, I will tell you this is the only class I ever cheated in. Freshman and sophomore years were lonely years. Then we moved across town. Junior year, new high school. This was a smaller school. And I already had friends from my church that went to this high school, already better. Firmly established as a band kid, I joined choir too. Then I discovered something new and wonderful. Theater. I took a theater class with Mr. Kenny. Most of what we did in this class was improvisational games. I loved this class, and behold, this shy, quiet girl was pretty good at this improv stuff. And guys, guess what? The next year, my senior year, I got the lead in the musical Kiss Me Kate. Yep, I was Kate. I did every play that year. Band concerts, choir concerts, and I guess I went to a few classes. My senior year schedule was a breeze. Band, band lab, theater three, choir, English, typing, psychology, and gym. Then I graduated. School was over. I survived. I guess I should go to college next. If you have been counting, that is nine schools. When I started my third year of college at the same school, I celebrated because I had never gone to a school for more than three years. I'm thankful I had a supportive and loving family, friends and a community at church, even if I didn't always have that at school. Alexa, how do you spell graduation? S-U-R-V-I.
I V A L. Okay, so right now we're going to have a conversation with my sister, Lisa. So this is a special treat for all of us. You get to meet my sister, Lisa. So here she is. Say hello, Lisa. Hello, everybody. Yay, there she is. Lisa and I pretty much walked our school days as a parallel path together, really. I walked alongside you, really, most of the way, since you're my older sister. I just sort of yeah. held your hand and walked along with you. I guess that's true. Well, you know, you were always a comforting presence to know you were there. Was I? Okay, good. Most of the time. <laughs> oh, yeah, so when you started school, you were just such a cute little thing. I still am a cute little of thing. Of course, of course. <laughs> Okay, so I said I did nine different schools. Was Oh, gosh, I'm sure it was more. Well, between first and fifth grade, or between kindergarten and fifth grade, I probably went to four different schools. So. Um, but I think I, at one point I said I went to 13 different schools. I don't know. We went to a lot of different schools. Let's just put it out there. It was three different high schools for me. That might have made been one different Well, that's thing. true. I just did two different high schools. <laughs> I know that our school experiences were not our favorite experiences in the yeah, world. There were some good things, yeah. mostly band-related. <laughs> yeah, well, thank goodness for band, right? I think right. that was probably our best <laughs> memories. I know you maybe don't even want to talk about it, and you don't have to too much, but I mentioned you getting bullied when I was in, in You know, I had grade. no idea that you were there. I had no idea anybody experienced my being picked on, yeah, uh, except me. You know, I was very alone in that because, I mean, it wouldn't have helped me to know my little sister was watching. That probably <laughs> would have made you feel worse, right? <laughs> it would have, I'm sure. Yeah. It was, yeah, not, not cool. I mean, I was such a meek little mouse <laughs> in fourth grade. Yeah. No, I just remember that just, that was scary for me. I wasn't even being the one picked on, but just watching no, it was bad, but I mean, I feel like it was pretty short-lived. I had a bully become my friend. Really? She was a big, tough girl, and I was a, a little, shy mouse, and she just sort of took me under her wing. The other kids didn't like her, but she kind of protected me. Yeah, I had a similar experience in Gary with that, where I had the bully stand up and be my protector. I guess that makes sense. You know, you have someone s stronger sort of see the weak and be like, no, I will save you. <laughs> but she was on the basketball team and I was on the basketball team. So we were teammates. Ah. So that helps. Outside of elementary school in Chicago, which was, you know, useless. Yeah. We basically had to relearn everything. Pretty much. Went yeah. away from Chicago and we went back to Chicago. Totally different. Going to private school. I really hated that, too, though. <laughs> you did? You didn't like going to the private school? No. I didn't like having to wear a, a dress every day, that's for sure. Right, and all the things that we did to make our dresses more cute. I don't remember that. I'm sure, I'm sure I didn't even care about looking cute. But, you know, I was almost a teenager at that point. Yeah. So. Well, you've always been a little more stylish than me, too. Mm, whatever. 
<laughs> like, whatever, I'll wear a dress that's almost a dress. And if I have to put socks on, then that's fine, too. There was the shuttle bus that we had to ride to the school with all the other SFOT brats. Yes, I remember that. But that was fun. I, I think I remember having fun there because there was a lot of... Really? Yeah, there was that's, a... That's cool. I got kicked off that bus. You did? You don't remember. I'm amazed you don't remember. Oh, yeah. I got kicked. I was not allowed to ride it. I don't remember that. Why did you get kicked off? Were you... I don't know, because I was a smart aleck and didn't <laughs> like to have to ride to school with all these little brats. And I don't remember that. You got kicked off that bus. So what, did mom and dad have to take you separately or something? No, I took the, the public, you know, the CTA. You did? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I don't remember that at all. I, I refused to ride on the bus one day on the way home. I can't remember it was the same time I was kicked off or just decided I wasn't getting on that bus. I walked home from school. That was a long way away. Right, but I was, you know, independent-minded and... Stubborn. It was Chicago. Yeah. And I was 12. Right. Yeah, yeah. they were horrified, but, you know, I didn't care. <laughs> you were not going to ride the bus. Oh, my gosh. And then, I didn't, and then I didn't have to ride the bus. But I did have to, I mean, not you know, van from the school. Right. I got to ride the public bus with normal people. <laughs> with normal people and not us rotten kids. I was too cool for for that gang, I guess. Not that I was ever cool, but, you know, <laughs> too cool for you guys. <laughs> that is saying something. <laughs> That's pretty bad. <laughs> oh, Okay. That is something. I'm just, I'm still stunned. You're stunned. You just, I'm telling you something you didn't know about your own childhood. Yeah, well, but that it was right there in front of my face and that I don't even remember a lick about it. Okay, that is awesome. See, that's why we did this right there for me to learn that. That one tidbit one, that, that seems, you didn't know. That's why you're such an adventurous person now. I am. Yeah, you are. You're just like, <laughs> I think I'm going to go fly to Singapore next weekend. Okay. Oh, I wish I could do that so bad. See? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. And then, and then we went to Gary. Although your experience at Gary was a little bit different than mine and Dan's. It was just strange for me. And the high school was a totally different kind of, it was high school for one thing. Right. So I'm coming into a brand new school as a freshman. It was not a good school, not a nice school. There was a lot of pot smoking in the hallways. and Which was probably totally foreign to Oh, you. I didn't know what that was about, no. What is that <laughs> smell? Oh, yeah. You go into the back hall, the back the stairways, and it's like, it's funny in here. <laughs> and I learned what that was eventually. Sure. Not really firsthand, but just because it was the thing that was going on. Right. And, and then we moved, and you went to a different high school. So I got to be the new kid all over again. Right. That was nice. Not really. Um, <laughs> in the middle right, of yeah. your freshman year. The middle of my freshman year. But an amazing thing happened to me that year. One of my friends from that original school moved and started at the same school as me. Is that right? So I had a built-in pal. I'll be darned. We're still Facebook friends to this day. Are you really? Mm-hmm. I've not really kept in touch with too many friends from high school. I remember when we moved from Gary, I had 
some really good friends in middle school, and I was determined to stay friends with them. I was going to write. And I remember saying something to mom about it, and she was like, okay. And I'm like, no, we're going to stay friends forever. She's just like, okay. I was mad at her because she didn't believe me. She was right. She was right. It was very cool to get in touch with her and see what she's been up to. And, you know, she doesn't look all that different than I remember her, you know, and I hope that's true of me, although (laughs) I (laughs) still was a long time ago. Yeah. (laughs) That's really cool, though. That's fun. You know, I had a whopping two and a half years at that school, so. Of course, you had the real joy of moving your senior year. Yeah, I mean, all ready to start senior year. Although I had a good senior year. Even though I started out as the new kid again, I made friends. Thanks to band. Hooray for band. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, and I did well in the band. I placed well. And, you know, my classes, I did well in my classes. And I mean, you know, I remember my senior year mostly pretty fondly. Lindbergh was such a huge school. Graduating class of 700 and some. I remember thinking, yay, I'll be in a school with my sister again. And oh. then it was really no point because... We never saw each other. We never saw each other. We yeah, couldn't be in really. the same band because freshmen were right. in their own band. I don't remember. I, I I don't even remember you being there during my senior year in high school. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, because you're right. I mean, they didn't have freshmen and seniors moving in the same circles. Right. No, it, it was it's just nothing completely personal. separate. There's nothing, nothing personal. <laughs> Thank you. That's nice. I don't know. I just think, uh, you know, the many struggles of school aside, all the different places we lived and experienced, I, you know, I'm kind of thankful for it. And they're make, made for an interesting, interesting life. That's right. And we didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't die. That's... That's what you want to know about school. We didn't die. How was school? (laughs) Well, I didn't die. I didn't die. Beautiful. This episode of On Carlson Drive was produced for Boogie Land Media by Randy and Wendy Bonifield. Sound design, mix, and editing by Randy Bonifield and distributed through our friends at podbean.com. All stories were written, edited, and narrated by Wendy Bonifield. All original music and music arrangements are written and performed by Randy Bonifield. Additional music credits for episodes can be found at our website, oncarlsondrive.com. Remember to subscribe, and please like, add, friend, and review this podcast wherever you find us, but especially on Apple Podcasts, as it helps others to find us. Follow On Carlson Drive on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at username On Carlson Drive. You may also contact us at OnCarlsonDrive at gmail.com. Special thanks to all our friends and families who, unbeknownst to them, we're writing the stories we tell simply by living them. Join us next week for a new episode. Until then, I'm Randy Bonifield, and you've been listening to On Carlson Drive.